Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org forward slash podcast. You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. First Timothy chapter 2, that we're looking at that Paul actually admonished the, the, the Ephesus church about two things, which is talking about it to the men, about the categories as follows, which men should be praying, and then the second category is, is women should be submitting to women. So we talk about the praying men, which we look at the priority of prayers, you know, in which we emphasize that prayer is the most important thing in the church, that every one of us should be a part of that ministry. Mm-hmm. And as well, we move ahead after saying that the variety of prayer. And that is part of what we, you know, bring forth from that question and answer, mm-hmm. which it's intercession. And that was what Abraham was doing in that passage. He was interceding and he stood grand because of his relationship with God. And that is why we talk about cordial relationship with God. Because when we are in cordial relationship with him, we can ask and he's willing, you know, to do for us. And thank God that we are in this month of God answer prayers. Mm-hmm. And we've established that, that those are the reasons why God answer prayers. So we talk about the varieties of prayers, which is part of and supplications. We talk about prayers. We talk about intercession. And we talk about giving of things. <clears throat> so, and we concluded on that, that prayer and supplication with thanksgiving are part of four formula for God's peace in our hearts. And that is what Daniel actually practiced as well. So we end, we move ahead and talk about something else, which is the object of prayer. And we say that all men, and he make it clear that no person on earth is outside the influence of believing prayers. All men is for all men, for those people in authority, for both men and female, for everyone, everyone, including everyone. So we make us to understand that that is the object of prayer. And then we move further down that we talk about the reasons for prayer. And then we, we lay the emphasis on the part that Pharisees pray in order to praise men, in order to be praised by men, to impress. But we as a Christian, we pray in order to please God for God's will. So we, we move from that and we move further, further down the basis for prayer. And I like the way Pastor actually concluded that question and answer session that he said, the reason why we are where we are today is because of somebody that came and died for us and is there daily interceding for us on behalf of us. So you can imagine if during the day of Genesis, Jesus Christ has already came, like the grace that we are enjoying today. Probably, because truly, Abraham actually interceded in that passage. 
But at a point, it got to the limit, just like what Edda Abigun was saying. And then the Lord left after he reached that 10 limitation. And it was only four people that was spared there. So God still went ahead and destroyed the city. But the question now is that what Sodom and Gomorrah were doing those days, is it any worse than what we're witnessing today in the world? No. But the difference now is that Jesus Christ has came because as we actually understood that God is so holy, just like the way Pastor described, that he's so holy because he cannot be healed sin. But somebody has came in place, and that is the basis for our prayer. Somebody came, so our prayer is based on that work of Jesus Christ as a savior and mediator. And that is the benefit that we are enjoying today. And that's why I said I like the way Pastor actually ran, you know, round up that question and answer session for us. It is that mediation that Christ is doing for us that is giving us that saving grace today. And that is why if God wants to look, God can look directly to what Sodom and Gomorrah were doing in those days. And then he can judge them because it cannot be your sin. But now if you want to behold us, all he saw is Christ and what he has done for us. And that is why if he actually want to do the same thing, you know, put past the same judgment that he passed to those people then, to us, that judgment goes to Christ because he has died. And he took away everything. And he's there as a mediator for us. And that is the basis of our prayer. And that is what we talked about last week. So the last part of it, which is the present of it, we talk about the attitude in prayer. So which we have to come with a clean hands, without wrath, and with no doubting. So we went ahead and we finished it up there. So that is everything about praying men, and which is also applicable to our women as well. So in a way, that question and answer session has actually wrapped up our recap for last week. So this week, although we started you know, part of it last week with the submitting men and women, which is another you know, spiritual responsibility for the women. Morning in progress. Oh. Uh, pastor is ready. Is pastor saying something? Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right. Um, yeah, sorry. I wanted to say something before, but I was uh, in the motorway, so I couldn't talk properly. Now, we also, in that question, that's a very good question. Thanks, Sister Ife, for raising that question. But what we also need to conclude also is the is the character of god that is unchanging now is the, the bible says in psalm 125 verse 3 said the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous let's the righteous put their hands into iniquity at the end of the day when you look at the way that story ended the righteous were not destroyed the righteous were saved. So when we are saying Lot keeps going down and keeps going down, I think Lot at that point, I mean, sorry, Abraham at that point in time as an intercessor. And one of the things, I, the, the reason why I say that is because 
with, uh, some times ago, I did uh, we did a kind of series with this particular passage with uh, the youths of the Apostle Church in Calabar, and that was their point. That was the, and the conclusion was that uh, an intercessor with the Spirit of God knows when to stop. The Holy Spirit in it tells, knows, gives him a direction of when to stop. So now some people will say, well, if it, what about if it carries on, if it goes down to four? But some other people will also say that mm -hmm. uh, Abraham was thinking about Lot and his, uh, the family, and they believe that that thing will cover them. So it, that's based on their thinking. Now, there's so many thinking can think into it, but just like somebody said, I don't know who said that before, is that what's the Holy Spirit telling you in all this? But one thing that we can unequivocally take away from the word of God is that the rod of the wicked did not fall on the righteous. So therefore, we can now stand firmly on that fact that righteousness exalts and sin is a reproach. So using the Bible to interpret the Bible, the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for that observation. So as we move on, so we're looking at today, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll wrap up from verse 9 to 15. So let's quickly read it all over again, and then we wrap it up and then expand it more on it. So verse 9 says, I also want the women to dress modestly with decency, Sorry, just for yeah. With decency and propriety, adoring themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Now, so let's now talk about the whole package. Like I said last week, you know, this particular passage has been abused in the Christendom, whereby they like, oh, women should just be silent. Women should just keep quiet. Women should just, you know, not say nothing, should not participate and all those things, you know. But say because of its oppressive connotation, the word submission makes some people see red. It raises a kind of red flag when you hear that word. It's like a strong word and all that stuff. So some well-meaning writers have even accused Paul of being so cross the old bachelor who was anti-women, you know? And that is what is happening in the society today when they like going on about, about feminine and all those things, you know? So however, we understood that to the inspiration and authority of the world, Paul's teaching came from God and not from himself. If you look at First Peter 317, we understand all those admonition that was given that women should submit to the husband and husband, you know, just like Christ is the head of the church and all that stuff. So that was what was in First Peter 317. 
However, the word translated subjection in 1 Timothy 2.11 is translated submitting and submit in Ephesians as well. So in other words, it literally means to rank under, you know, to prioritize. It's like a kind of priority in ranking. So and we gave an example last week that, for instance, look at in the army, we have a calling that is higher in rank than a, a private, but does not necessarily mean that that corner is better than the private. But because of the ranking, because of the level of authority that has been placed, so, so that there can be orderliness, decency and order, that is why. And that is what is happening in this, in this environment. So 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, let all things be done decently and in order. And this is a principle God follow in his creation. Just as an army would be in confusion if there were no levels of authority, if there is no ranks and all that. So society will be in so much chaos without submission and orderliness. The church will be in so much chaos if there were no orderliness and pure submission. And this is not only like applicable to women, even men as well. We've got to understand that we've got to take things by order with the level of, you know, the authority or by the rank or by the level of the priority that is being given. So we move ahead and say submission is not subjugation. And what does that mean? It means that it is not, it's not a situation whereby you, you forcefully bring someone under control. You forcefully bring someone under serious dominion. You dominate forcefully on, on someone. That is not the kind of submission that you know, Paul was trying to portray here. What Paul is trying to portray here is this kind of submission that recognizes God's order in all, in the church, and even in every society, even in the country. Because by the, by the reason of orderliness, the citizens have to submit to the authority of the country, which is the whoever will be at the hands of their fears. That is orderliness. So submission is recognizing God's order in home, in the church, and joyfully obeying it. And when that happens, there will be peace. So the emphasis in this section, 1 Timothy 2, 9 to 15, is on the place of women in the church. And Paul admonished these believing women to give evidence of their submission in several ways. And then we start looking at all those ways that Paul was talking about there. The first, he said, modest dressing, which starts from verse 9. And the word translated modest simply means to be decent and orderly. And the contrast is between the, you know, the way artificially, glamorously of the way world look at things. We are in this world or we are in this age now that people want to show off, people want to compete instead of the true beauty of godly life. 
However, Paul did not forbid the use of lovely clothes, but rather he was actually talking about the excessive use of them as a substitute for the true beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. And that has been emphasized in 1 Peter 3, 1 to 6 that we talked about, that women should learn to be in quiet spirit. So he, he moved further, he said, women's clothing and dressing should be decent, orderly, and in good taste. But however, in that city that, you know, Paul is actually, you know, admonishing, which is Ephesus, that it was a commercial wealthy city. It's just like London, or like Las Vegas, as, as we have in these days, where some women there competed against each other for attention and popularity. Fame, what is involved? Who wears you know, the expensive this? Who wears the most expensive gold? Who wears this and that? Who drives the most expensive car? You know, show off up and down. So in that city, expensive hairdos arrayed with costly jewelries were an accepted way to get to the top socially. It shows that, yes, you know, you are on top of the world. So those are the things that Paul is trying to look at, their excessiveness. So Paul admonished the Christian women to major on their inner person, concentrate on the inner beauty, the true beauty that only Christ can give. So that was what Paul was talking about, modest dressing. That is the first thing he addressed because he can sense and that is what he was saying to Timothy, his son in the Lord, that tell these people, this is not the way to go. Then he moved to verse 10. He's talking about godly work. So Paul did not suggest that good works are substitute for clothing. Rather, he was contrasting the cheapness of expensive clothes and jewelries with the true values of godly character and Christian service. One of the Bible passages said, godliness with contentment is a great gain. Be content with whatever God has given you at a point in time. We are in this age that people want to look expensive. People want to show that, you know, this is who they are on social media or on Instagram, Facebook, and all that. As contracts, though, what exactly or who exactly they are. And don't be surprised, it's happening in the Christendom as well. Because we might be thinking, oh, it's, it's just, you know, it's only, it's only the celebrities and all the, you know, the, the, the artists, the, 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 the musicians and all that stuff. It's actually happening in the Christendom as well. Because that is what is happening in this city or in this church that Paul was talking about. You know, people really want to show off. But he said, God in a, which is another key word in Paul's pastorial letter to Timothy. Yeah, glamour can be partially applied on the outside. You can look all right. You can look, you know, nice. Nothing wrong with all that. But godliness must come from within. And Paul went ahead and said, we must not underestimate the important place that godly women play in the ministry of the church. Very, very important. So the gospel message 
had a tremendous impact on them because it affirmed their value before God and their equality in the body of Christ. And that is why the Bible says in the book of that in Galatians 3.28 that now in Christ, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female. So there is no distinction. So women had a low place in the Roman world, but the gospel changed that based on the, 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 the book of Galatians 3.28 that we just read. It changed the whole thing that everyone is on, is on par as far as the gospel is concerned. So there are devoted women who minister to Jesus in the days of his earthly ministry. We read that last week, Luke, 3, Luke 8, verse 1 to 3. He said, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And a certain women who had been ill of evil spirit and infirmities, he started mentioning them. Mary the Manganel, out of whom demons were cast out. Mentioned Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Ed, Herod Stewart. Mentioned Susanna and many others. They read what they provided for him with their substance. They were ministry, they were minister to his ministry with their substance, with their resources. This is what Paul is trying to emphasize here: to be godly women. And this is a spiritual responsibility of the women that he actually trying to emphasize. So if you want to actually be spiritual women or godly women, these are things to emulate, not to, you know, advertise or try to be you know, competing glamorously to show off so that people can understand that I drive the best car, I, I, I put on the, the, the best attires and all those things. But instead, he said, we should look into this kind of people, this kind of women, and then we can actually learn from them. So there are so many of them that were mentioned in the Bible. We, we've, we've read about, you know, the, 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 we've read about Dorcas in Acts chapter 9. We read about Lydia. We read about Priscilla and Aquila. You know, all these women, we read about them in the Bible. They are godly women that through their inner beauty, they were able to minister to the saints. We read about Phil, a dickness in a local church that actually, you know, uses ministry to help Paul as well. So these are the examples that Paul was actually giving. So, and then we move to verse nine, which is quiet learning. But in some other version, he used silence. And this is very, very important, this particular place, because this is where so many, you know, have bastardized or, you know, abuse. You see, women should keep silence and all that stuff. Unfortunately, this translation, because it gives this impression that believing women were never to open their mouth in the church. However, if you look at, First Timothy chapter two, 
and verse 2. That this same is Timothy. That if you look at the verse 2 of where we started from, he actually translated the same thing as peaceable. He said they should lend quiet and peaceable. In other words, quiet learning and silence in the church actually translated as quiet learning and be peaceable. And this is what Paul is trying to emphasize in this church. So in, in Ephesus, some of the women abused their newly found freedom in Christ and created disturbance in the service by interrupting. It is this problem that Paul addressed in his admonition. They were like going around because they believe that now we are equal and everything and all that. Just like that passage that we read in Galatians 3, that there is no, there is no Jew, there is no Greek in Christ. It doesn't matter if you are Jew or Greek or slave or male or female. You are all the same in Christ Jesus. So they discovered that and they were abusing that freedom and failed to recognize the level of authority, the orderliness that's supposed to be followed. They forget about their spiritual responsibility that they need to follow in the church. And that is why Paul was admonishing them that they need to learn how to be quiet and be peaceable and be in peace, in other words. So it appears that women were in danger of upsetting the church by trying to enjoy this, their freedom. You know, freedom of if you are in Christ, we are all equal. So it doesn't matter and all that. And by doing that, it driving away from their spiritual responsibility to the church and to God. So Paul was admonishing them that let to be quiet. And not only that, to be peaceable as well within the, you know, within the church and within the brethren. So, and then he now moved further to 12 and 15 that respecting the authority, because that is what they are abusing, because they find that freedom and they were like, well, we're all equal in Christ, so it doesn't matter. But what Paul was actually saying that you need to respect the authority. That is why there is orderliness Decency and order should be applied by understanding your spiritual responsibility. So women are permitted to teach. It is not as if they should just close their mouth and become a dumb in the church or within the, within the gathering of the saints. Because we learn from that example that older women should be teaching their younger women, Titus 2, 3 to 4. In fact, Timothy, which is uh, on Paul's uh, on God's son, was actually taught at home by his mother and his grandmother. So you can see the importance of women around. However, Paul was saying that in their teaching ministry, they must not lord it over men because there should be a level of authority, a level of orderliness to be applied. And that is what Paul is trying to say. But I've got a question here for us to quickly discuss about. 
And the question is this, if, if women are to submit and respect the authority, are they allowed to correct or interfere with the authority? So I want us to discuss that in the next five, 10 minutes. And I want our women to start first. If you were to rephrase the question, Elder, how would you rephrase it? I'm not sure, even me myself, I totally understand. Okay, I was going to say the same. Mm. Right. We understand that they need to respect the authority. Say, mm. for instance, now that maybe the authority be doing something that seemingly, you know, physically or not good or not in accordance to what is supposed to be. So are women allowed to correct or are they allowed to in interfere with such authority in the church or within the environment or within that society? Do we understand that? Thank you. Thank you very Just much. In contrast to what Paul was saying, that you know, with, with what we understand that oh, women should keep quiet or women should remain silent and all that, and they should respect and submit to the authority. But what of if authority is doing something that seemingly not in accordance? Are they allowed to correct? If they are allowed to correct, how? Or are they allowed to interfere with authorities' activities? If how? If not, what? They do okay. Uh, praise God, remain first, please. Pastor. I know, I know, we're not answering, we're just giving a direction. So, okay. the what we need to say then is that that's a very, I think, I like the clarity in the question now, but also, uh, women and our mothers, please also ask questions, your questions. Mm. Also, ask your questions because I know that last week you all have a lot of questions in your, in your mind. So, please ask your questions as the teaching is going on. You can put your, it's a Bible study, not uh, so it's exactly. teaching, not sermon. So ask questions because sometimes if you wait, say you are waiting, you forget the question. Yeah, so that you can uh, we can be guided. So we can start with this particular one. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, one thing I want to say here is that uh, if a woman if we are asked to do something that we know is contrary to God's word, we have to object about it. Because we can't do, we can't say because the Bible says we have to submit and then we have to take everything. If what we are saying is not really right, not only for us and for people around us as well, then we have to contest it. We have to speak up. So that's what I have to say there. Mm. Okay. Okay. Sister Mission. Sister Mission. Praise God. Um, I have a lot of questions, so, but I feel as if we should go, uh, we should finish um, to 15. Because I get the, um, the point we are saying here about submission to authority, but that's not all Apostle Paul is saying there. He's saying that um, I, um, the quietness and peacefulness 
I'm still not getting it because he's being particular about women. And the question here, is it the context, is it for the women of Ephesus? How do we relate that to us? And then he went on to bring an argument about um, Adam and Eve. So that's yeah. very pe peculiar to women. So um, I've just waited till we get there before no. I ask my questions. Thank well, you. Thank you very much, Sister Bisha. God bless you so much. I think that is the key. That's the foundation of all those arguments. Jesus Christ will tell you from the beginning, it was so from it was the beginning, also. it was also everything that Brother Paul was building from that point is based on Genesis. Those two things that happened in Genesis one who was created first, two who was deceived. And also, when in Genesis it was a family thing, it was not a congregational thing. So, those are the things we need to go back to the beginning and build it up. Because Jesus Christ, you always take everybody back to them. Because oh, but Moses said, we can put away this person and go and marry. He said, but from the beginning, it was not so. Uh, so over to, I think, uh, Sister Lioness. Sister Lioness. All right, sir. Um, I just wanted to say something regarding this particular question. It says, if women are uh, to submit and respect the authority, are they allowed to correct or interfere with the authority? Um, all right, so there's an authority and women are supposed to submit and respect that authority. Um, but as for me, if there were things that are not right, um, women can speak up should be able to speak up in the spirit in the spirit of humility and the spirit of submission to Christ. Um, it, because even though the Bible says that women should submit to men, the Bible still said that both husband and wife should 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 be should submit one to another out of the ref okay so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 new living translation says and further all right can you be quiet so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says and further you will submit to one another out of reference for Christ so if this is done out of reference for reference for Christ I think they are allowed to correct and interfere with the authority at that level. Anything other than that should not be allowed. Okay. Um, you can see Sister Efer and um, then Sister Pukola after that. Go on, Sister Efer. Praise the Lord. Um, I just want to comment on the part Sister Lioness just mentioned humility. So, but the um, practical aspect I want to use is someone like me while growing up, if my mom shouts at me, I literally start crying because I don't like people shouting at me. So if you correct me and correct me with love, I see the way we correct children these days, especially in this country. We try to explain to them what they have done 
and how they have done it. Sometimes we don't get to just call them. I think this is what, I, I think this is what Brother Paul is saying as well, that women should be silent. If you want to correct, you don't just correct with that, I know it all correction, but to go in silence, to go in um, a place of humility and love, to call this person or and explain to the fathers or to the community in love and humility. Um, that way, the joy will be more. The respect for the women as well will be more. The ministry will be shown, yeah, and it will be pleasing to God. Thank you so much. That's lovely. Sister Bukola, please. Um, okay, the first thing I want to say is that um, the authority here can be in different dimension. Wow. So we have the authority of the church. We have authority, um, the secular one, so basically your government. We have authority at work. So there are different kinds of authority. So as a woman, um, when it comes to authority as a church, if, we, if I have an issue, something like that, the first thing I tend to do is to speak to the um, women's leader because sometimes if you are not close to maybe whatever is happening and you know maybe someone else is close to that, to the issue and then they know how to speak about it. I'm talking about church now. So that's a way we can do it. We don't have to like be the one shouting or talking about it ourselves. Then when it comes to authority of the government, um, there are set down procedures that we are meant to follow. We will not say because we are women, we are keeping quiet. That's, that's not what Paul is saying. Uh, um, that's not what he's saying there. He's saying that we should submit, yeah, in the space of, of church and um, in some aspects of community and in the aspect of the family. And when it comes to work, if you are being discriminated or you're being bullied or you're being whatever and you're saying no because i'm a woman i'm keeping quiet and we do that a lot we africans we believe that because we are women and we read our bible and we're like oh yeah the bible said we should submit the bible said we should do this and someone will be stepping on you a lot and you just keep quiet and you catch quiet i wonder ah, what happened and later you know say oh this person did this so why didn't you say it in the first place kind of thing so it's is the aspect is the different authorities that we have to look at to know what to do. So I would say, if it comes to like the secular one, we need to follow the procedures we need to follow. We should not keep quiet. But if it's church, we can, yeah, it's another procedure going to the women leader, going to the, the leadership of the church, explaining that this is what's going on. I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with that or this thing, um, this, this, this. How can we set to it out? whatever it's not by shouting or stuff so that's my own contribution to that thank you so much very much um okay. is that somebody they, raising hand again yeah they can use right go ahead sir you are muted praise the lord hallelujah I I enjoyed this uh, passage and waiting, arranged and organized. And what I actually want to say to this is, uh, 
it all depends on how the uh, woman comes about their uh, corrections or how they interfere. At times, maybe the way uh, women are being created, they are temperamental in attitude and the likes, and they may have a beautiful idea and suggestion at times, but the presentation and the way it's being said might sound so rude and the ego might be there. At times, one might decide not to subscribe to it. And if we are to look at the authority of the thing they were talking about, the most mostly the authority people are in authority, about 80% of them are men. And either in church or in, in any gathering, you see that most of the people who are in the M affairs of authority are men. And if we are to reflect on the way and the, uh, how people will want to be corrected, they will prefer if their fellow men correct them in a polite and even otherwise, they wouldn't mind. But women around who actually have or tripping something beautiful, lovely, and interesting to subscribe to, but all now depends on how it's being said. It is has to be, it has to be said with humility, taking off the pride and ensure that whatever they are going to contribute, whatever they want to say is, is calmly said. They say it so calmly and with the love of Christ. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, Sister Anu, one minute. Yes, I was just a question to Dikinino. Like, what if it's said calmly and it's taken to be, and it's taken rudely either way? Like, are women just, uh, is it just women alone? Is it just the women's duty to talk calmly and not the other party? When the Bible talked about how we should be, we should live together as much as we can, we should dwell together in peace. It wasn't just the woman. Like, my own take in this conversation is the emphasis that has been taken on the woman as opposed to the man. If the woman talks calmly and the man takes it uncalmly. Uncomely, <laughs> then we still have a problem then. <laughs> if a woman says it in humility, as much as she can't, you, you, um, Dickon, you just said that the, the, the idea she's bringing is interesting. Mm. But then, and I agree with you, sir, sometimes our temperament, sometimes we, we, we say the opposite of what we want to say. And then it comes across yeah. as though we have been bullish. I do agree with that. But there are some that times, again, on the other side that we do, we, we, we suppress this, our, temperament but then it's taking the other way should both parties not work on themselves in, in that in that sense uh praise god god bless pastor. you for that if you can allow me yes and pastor, go i know that pastor i said pastor Patrick, I yes the lord has already ordained that one so for like doesn't no, yes, to, <laughs> so that doesn't we don't take it to this i just want to bring in I think um, what I want to say is that I'm really glad that we put this to this week so that we can bring all these things out. The thing is that let's understand the spirit of the word, the spirit of that particular nature, and the spirit of the word of God. And let's build it on the foundation. Now, let's start with this. The Bible says that, I think I like the fact, what uh, the Fatukati said at the beginning, that, see, one thing we need to understand, God has not given the control of any man to another man, including when the Bible talk about man, talk about man and woman. He hasn't given the control of anyone to another one. 
That's number one. But so that there'll be order. And also because of creation, wherein an antecedent are being placed. And the Fatuk has also mentioned that, that that's the reason why we have president and vice president. Okay, for the proper or smooth running of organization that things can flow because we're human being, that's that default setting there. So that's the reason why God say, you know, when the Bible says that women are weaker vessels. Now, so many people think they said women, they are not as strong. There are some women that are really strong. They can beat men up like anything. There are women, if you see Mozu, you will know. So that's not what the Bible is saying. And there are men that are weaklings that don't have Mozu. You've seen so many times. What the Bible is saying actually, it's not talking about the physical development. It's the, what the Bible is saying is that in terms of the hierarchy of authority, the way God has placed it, it's like having a president and vice president. The vice president is as the, almost the same, the same thing with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have the same, they are equal, but in terms of responsibility, somebody still need to take permission from the president before he can execute the vice president's work. So that is the idea. So that is, it is in that sense, the Bible says women are weaker, not because of anything. Women, in most cases, they are strong. And you can look at it in any kingdom, lions, lioness, they are the ones that go out, kill the animals, and the king comes feed on it so they can have strength to defend the territory. Look at the animal kingdom. Look at God have used all those things to show us the intention, his intentions. <laughs> so that is the weaker point he's talking about. Now, when the brother Paul is now taking from that genesis, what he's saying is that women itself cannot... He, he, he put he, not they are not in a weaker position, but he put they, they, they got there because a woman, a woman has to operate under a particular authority. That's why he said he went back to Genesis and said it was Eve that was deceived. Now, what happened to Eve was that was what we call transgression. But what happened to Adam was even worse. Adam's own was disobedience, he knew. But Adam did it notwithstanding. But some people with Adam did it out of love because he wouldn't want Eve to die to be separated from God and he still remained in God. And that's exactly what Christ did for us in a way. But the bottom line then is this. What the Bible is saying, what Brother Paul is actually saying there is that a woman cannot be a pioneer, but woman can lead. As long as that woman is under, starting from the home where you all build up, it's under a particular. So think about the issue of the, 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 the likes of Joyce Mayer. The likes of Joyce Mayer, that's the, opera, the way she operates, the spirit, the deliverance that happened through her. You cannot say that come from anywhere except from Jesus, from God. But anytime she speaks, listen to her message, she only tell you, oh, I spoke to my husband. My husband said, I spoke. but you will not ever, in fact, I don't, nobody knows your husband. But that's to tell you still under one particular authority. Look at the queen of England a leader in a sense of different world, but still under a particular prince. They always together. So they have fulfilled the biblical injunction in that sense. So women can live it as long as they're under a particular authority. And that authority is start from the family. That's why he went back to the Genesis. It's not, it's a family illustration the Bible used there. It's not a congregational. So it's not saying all women to submit to all men. So that is the, <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to finish this today. So yes. that is, I, Praise I, the Lord. 
we can also take examples from see brother paul yeah. if you read, write, write this down read the yeah. Romans 16 17 he made mention of an apostle jumia an apostle in the body of Christ. But Paul said that he did so much work that was even, he, he thought it was greater than himself. That's Brother Paul. This is Brother Paul. We talk about Aquila and Priscilla, but you can see that they are and they work together. And the all of these that you can even think about, what about Catherine Krumer? You can see all these people that it was the Holy Spirit that empowered them and they are, they are women. So, and uh, in any way, I think it's just understanding the spirit of the, the, the Bible. Praise the Lord. Thank um, you so much, Pastor. That's absolute justice. Uh, I see me, Sister Mission and Sister Lioness. If I can just take it 10 seconds, 10 seconds each, please. 10 seconds, no more that I'll be counting. Once it's sir, 10 seconds. Elder, good evening, sir. Good we evening, ma'am. We not rush the word of God. Let's we are not <laughs> rushing, but we still have to. It's, it's my own answer. Plenty questions unanswered. Oh. Number one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I heard what Pastor said, absolutely spot on. But we're talking about what Apostle Paul is saying here, and I'm still okay. not clear about it. Okay, we're, that, going get, um, we're going to get to that um, in a minute. Chapter, two, <laughs> chapter 12, that women should not teach. Okay, we're going to, we, we'll get to that in a minute. We're still in chapter 12. chapter 12. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. Sister okay, Lioness, ten seconds. Can you be quiet? My 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 question is: When Pastor was saying that um that there should be an authority, so what about single mothers or single somebody who does not particularly have uh, any authority that she, she's submitting to at home? I just wanted Pastor to clarify that area because. I am a single mom. I don't have any man. I'm submitting to. Okay, thank you so much, ma. Pastor, yeah, yeah, five, good. two submitting. minutes to respond to that, sir. Uh, well, you are submitting to the authority of the Holy Spirit. To God. To the authority of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when we say the Holy Spirit, Jesus, everything, they are all Trinity. So that is it. Because the reason why I mentioned Holy Spirit is because Holy Spirit guide and direct. And also, we have, we are operating this. You, you know the answer already. So, like most things, you you, you call the, the you you call the pastor the ordinance. We we pray together. We talk about things and you take things. So you actually you're already doing the right thing. So everybody, everybody, one way or the other, including the, we are all submitted to somebody. The only reason why somebody submits somebody because the other person submitted to Christ. We all submitted to Christ. There's no a low ranger. The low ranger is an accident waiting to happen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for all that contribution. This is very, very interesting. This is what makes Bible study so beautiful. But to just put a bit of um, rest to this, first of all, Pastor, if you can put that Acts 18 through 13, verse 24 for us, please. Acts 24. Acts 18 from verse 24. So that answer that question that we're trying to deal with. Yeah. Now we're going down from verse 24 down to like 28. So if you can just put it down. So there is a particular man in this in this passage 
the Bible says, now a certain Jew named Apollos. This man was born Alexandra. And eloquent, look at the quality, look at the, 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 the way this man was packaged. He was an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. The same city that we're talking about, that Paul was talking about. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, had been fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. That is not, he does not have what we call epignosis. This man is an expert in some erroneous information. And this is what this guy is teaching people. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But guess what? It's an authority. It's a man that has been placed there. Look at all the qualification that was given to this man. But there were two women in that same assembly. And this is what Paul was trying to say. Men le women learn to be quiet and to be peaceful. Even though there is equality. Now look at what these women did. When Aquila and Priscilla had him, they took him aside with love and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Do you understand? So there is nothing wrong with women seeing something that authority is doing, maybe it's not right, or maybe it's not accurate enough, or maybe that person does not have accurate information or accurate knowledge of what they're doing. But they can correct in uh, love. Praise God. Pastor. And that does not mean... Uh, I like that. Please wait. Uh, let's quickly get something cleared here. Akula and Priscilla are husband and wife. Oh. They are yeah, husband and wife. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yes, they are husband and wife. But <laughs> so what happened there was that the uh, the wife must have gone to the husband. This is it, and both of them. So just exactly confirming what Brother Paul was saying. They were, the correction was made by true the. Uh, uh, so there, uh, yeah. So just to quickly get that idea, very right. They are husband and wife. So the emphasis where, if you go back to our um, slide, Pastor. So the emphasis we're saying here is that we have to keep in mind that priority does not mean superiority. Uh. That is the bottom line. So to answer to Sister Anu's on this thing, you might have temperamental and all that, or the way you put it, or you may you respond and all those things. It does not mean that. The, you are, the man is superior to you and all that, but the place of priority in the kingdom, that has to be respect first. And if you look at the, the passage we just read now about Priscilla and Kula, just like what pastor said, he has gone through the husband that do. It seems that this, what this man of God or this man that just came, the way he's doing these things, it doesn't seem to be all right. Can we just, you know, and the man will look at it as well. With the wisdom that God has placed in, in, in the man, he called this young Apollos somewhere and they admonished him and they advised and they corrected him in such a way that at the end of the day, he brings peaceful orderliness back to the church. And that is the bottom line that Paul was trying to emphasize there so that there can be decency and order. As human beings, there's always going to be a chaos. There's always going to be like 
you know, something's going to go wrong, some, somebody's going to be upset, something is, something is going to happen within the society or within the team. But first, you respect the priority. It doesn't mean that that person is superior to you. You might be educated than your husband. You might be educated than the pastor. You might, be, you might have so many, many things than that person that has been placed there as an authority. But the priority first is that that's to be respected. And that is where the submission thing is coming. You submit to that priority. So it doesn't mean that you cannot advise in love to make things right and to put orderliness in place. So this is what Apostle Paul is trying to emphasize in this passage. So there's nothing wrong with godly women instructing or advising man in private, but she must not assume authority over the man or try to take the place of the man, which is the priority. She should exercise quietness and allow peace and orderliness. And then you look at it and say, help to keep order in the church. So going to the, pre, the, the, the last view verse, Paul gives several arguments to back up his admonition that the Christian men in the church should be spiritual leaders. And that is where he started from that verse 12 downward. That the first argument he said is from creation. And that was what Pastor actually established because from the beginning, it was not so. So Adam was first formed and then Eve. So Paul used this same argument in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 to 10. We're not going to go through that. So we must keep in mind, like I said, that priority does not mean superiority. It's just for women to respect the priority of order. Just like an example that Pastor gave now, you know, that woman that Pastor mentioned, she owns a ministry. But anytime you see that woman, Joyce Mayer, when she's speaking or she's preaching, she might even say, you know, my husband advised me or says so, so, so things to me. And I believe the spirit of God is saying that. Mm -hmm. It's respecting the priority. Mm -hmm. That's why she's growing. That's why she's fulfilling. So it. It does not, so it does not mean that in the, in the looking, at, looking at the whole thing, Physically, as human beings, we look at that, that woman is superior to the man because no man, nobody even knows the man. But everybody knows the woman. Everybody knows him because well, what's, what's her name? In the world of economics, finance, and all that. But how many people know the, know the man? But that woman, there's nothing he want, she wants to do. She will stick back, back up with her husband's cooperation. Priority started from that. So even though she got all the knowledge and all her colleagues onto her, but she still respects that there is an authority over her that she needs to respect. So that is what, so that there can be orderliness. And it's applicable to home, individual homes. It's also applicable in the church as well and in society as well. Man and women were both created by God and in God's image. So the issue is only authority. Man was created first. And that is that priority. 
And that is what Paul is trying to establish here. Amen. So, however, Paul taught a practical lesson. He promised that the woman will be saved through childbearing if they both, both husband and wife continue in sincere dedication to the Lord. Amen. So moving down to the next step. So in conclusion, Paul laid down a general principle that encouraged believing women of those days. And that is applicable to us today as well. Their ministry was not to run the church or to, you know, lord over men or take authority and all that, but to care for the own bear children to the glory of God and also to follow the priority of orderliness. It's nothing, it's nothing wrong by women coming to the ministry and all those things. But the orderliness has to be there. And that is why he started to that, you know, even Timothy was taught by his mother and his grandmother. There's so many women in the, in, in the Bible that they were ministers, ministering in their circumstances and in every other areas. If you read that Romans 16, verse 1 to 6, we will see what Paul said about those women. So, and we will conclude with that. And God will help us and God will bless us and bless his words. So, if Pastor, if you just put that Romans 16, verse 1 to 6 for us, and we read that and we can just conclude. And if there's yet any unsatisfied um, questions that we need to put through, then we can quickly talk about it. Pastor and Pastor Ola is here to help out. And then we can actually finish so that we can go into our prayer because our time is already past going. You see, it started with, he said, I commend to you, Sister Fo, who is a servant of the church. You see, that woman, she's a minister. That is how Paul started mentioning them, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Look at that ministry. The move further. Greek Priscilla and Aquila, both husband and wife that we're talking about, it says they are fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risk their own neck for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. They actually give out their house for the ministry. Move to the verses. Say, greet Mary, who labored much for us. So these are examples that Paul was giving about women, that we're not saying that women are not as important as men in the ministry. They are as important, but the orderliness and decency has to be followed. They need to submit to that. And God will help us with more understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. I will hand over to Pastor Ola and Pastor Davis for more uh, if there's any addition or any subtraction. Yeah, praise God. Because of our time, I, will, I thank, thank you very much, sir, for the work you've done all over the last two weeks. But uh, when we are doing chapter three next week, I want us to start with this one. That we need to go a little deeper on that last one. So what does the Bible say when it said women, they will be saved or they will be by in shard bearing, by all those things. We need to break them 
there will a little bit more. But we know that we are short of time, so that's why our father could not go deeper into all those ones. But thank you so much, sir, for... But what I all want to say in general as we praise this, what the, 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 the thoughts or the spirit of that word, what Brother Paul is saying is that as man and as a woman, regardless, the beauty starts from the face, but let that beauty go from the face to the heart because that is where God sees. He sees our hearts. And when that beauty is in your heart, that's what God says. And guess what? Other people will see it too because it will start bearing fruit. So that is the main thing. Let the beauty move from the face as we grow older, as we grow older and move. That's why you see it's not the outside beauty, but it's the inner one. And the Holy Spirit will give us more understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.